Support for Rule Breaker Investing comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home plays a big role in your life. That's why Quicken Loans created Rocket Mortgage. It lets you apply simply and understand the entire mortgage process fully so you can be confident that you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash fool. And thanks to Harry's for supporting The Motley Fool. Get your free trial set, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, and shave gel. Gentlemen, go to harrys.com slash fool. It's the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast with Motley Fool co-founder David Gardner. All right, welcome to this week's Rule Breaker Investing Podcast. A delight to have you with me. I'm going to lead with the big news right now. The Motley Fool Investment Guide is coming back out in a new edition very shortly. So I'm going to lead with my interesting conclusion by letting you know right up front that I'll be talking some about my reflections on investing in the Motley Fool Investment Guide, but I really hope that if you're a Fool fan and if you've been waiting as we have for the Motley Fool Investment Guide to be revamped and brought back out for the new era, I want you to know that time is now. Please go to book.fool.com and just order the Motley Fool Investment Guide for you, your seven best friends, and the five people at work who probably should know this stuff and who don't. So That's my interesting conclusion. And The reason I'm using that phrase, I should back up briefly, we once did an interview with the great humorist Dave Barry, the Miami Herald columnist and humorist. And Dave Barry, before he was Dave Barry, as many know him and love his columns, syndicated nationally, before he was that Dave Barry, he was Dave Barry the technical writing coach. And my brother Tom and I had him on the Motley Fool radio show back in the day. We were talking to Dave about that. And he was talking about how he taught writing, typically to people who were techies, engineers. They were often writing white papers on interesting or maybe not so interesting topics. Maybe they were writing manuals for how to use a particular piece of computer software, those kinds of writers. And Dave would talk with them. And what Dave said to us was that invariably what this sort of a person wants to do is take you through all the steps that he or she went through to find out their interesting conclusion. They want to take you through the experiments, the the learnings, the failures, take you right through, and finally, at the end, he would say, at the end of their paper, they would have their interesting conclusion. And so, what he said was his number one bit of advice for technical writers back then. It probably still works pretty well today, and I did it in this podcast. Dave Barry says, lead with your interesting conclusion. And then, if you like, go on and give all the steps necessary whereby you eventually reached that interesting conclusion. But always lead with your interesting conclusion. So, yes, the Motley Fool Investment Guide, I'm really excited. Uh, we had a, a good team helping us to do that here at Fool HQ. But Tom and I, who first penned the book in the summer of 1995, it came out in 1996 because that's the way the industry works. You write it, and then it takes some time to print it publish it, get it out there in stores. We did some book tours back in the day. I bet I shook your hand if you're a longtime Motley Fool fan, if you came out to one of our book signings at any point in the last 20 years or so. But now, we have a brand new 2017-18 book to shake hands over. So I'm looking forward to doing some promotion of that coming up in the following weeks. I think I'll get to be on TV here or there, so maybe I'll get to see you there. A very natural question would be, well, who is this book for? Um, that's probably 
the first question that I get asked when I give an interview as author, which we've done many times in the past. And you know, I think the Molly Full Investment Guide is, I'd have to say, most of all, aimed very squarely at anybody who wants to make his or her own decisions with your money. Because it is, after all, your money, and no one cares more about your money and how it does than you do. So, you know, obviously, if you have somebody who's managing your money for you, I think we still have something for you. One of the things we do often is we coach people. If you have a broker or a financial advisor or planner who's somebody who's doing the actual investing for you, at least you can start to understand how to keep score. Because sometimes you'll find, and I hope this is not the case for you if you're having your money managed for you, but sometimes people will discover that they are paying quite a lot of money to somebody who's not really doing very well by their money. And that's kind of a double whammy, isn't it? Because A, your money is underperforming anyway, and B, you're paying sometimes 1% or more to have that done. I won't say for you, I'll say to you. You're paying an extra 1% to have that done to you. So, whether you are making your own decisions about your money or somebody else is primarily doing that for you, I think the Motley Fool Investment Guide has some good advice for you, not the least of which is, of course, our focus on the S&P 500. And if you're a stock market investor, from the get-go, we've always said, yes, you should be following how the Standard & Poor's 500 does year in and year out, and comparing your stock market investments against that. Now, Standard & Poor's is a publishing company. It's been around for decades. A lot of people don't even know what S&P 500 is. And if that's if that's you, then I think the Motley Fool Investment Guide has even a little bit more for you cuz we like to define our terms. I do it here on this podcast, but we do a lot in that book. And yeah, the Standard & Poor's 500 500 are the largest companies in America. They often have business that they do throughout the world, but how those 500 companies do when you average them out for a given day or week or month or year, quarter five years, this kind of thing. That's how we usually say the stock market does. We make that a proxy for the stock market. So, we highly encourage you, especially if you're having your money managed for you, or if it's in funds, be marking that against the performance of the average of the S&P 500. But most of all, I think in the book, we're speaking to people who are like us, people who think they can do better than merely mailing it in with the index fund, and no, we're going to have more fun trying it ourselves, too. You get so many learnings from trying things, and winning and losing. And of course, I share that every week through the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast, my own winnings and losings, and sometimes through Mailbag, your winnings and losings were full of stories that we all learn from. And it's sad for me to think about people who kind of don't really care about their savings and just put it in an index fund, and lose all the learnings and stories that they would have gained and become better at over the course of their lives by being and investors. So, who is this book for? I think I'll say to the media interviews in the coming months, I'll say it's for you and me if we care about being better than average. Which leads me to a whimsical thought that I've had in recent months. I was thinking about maybe a new theory of capital. And this one, this one is probably not ready for prime time. That's why I'm sharing it with you here in this podcast, not through media interviews. But let me just try this out for a sec. So, there's a book I read years ago called A Whack on the Side of the Head by Roger Von Eck. And he even has a fun deck of cards called his Creative Whack Pack. You can find this deck of 64 cards on Amazon. I'm pretty sure I have one. I bought it a while ago. But it's a way to catalyze your thinking. And so, drawing on some of the great authors of your and other creative concepts, Roger has kind of compartmentalized various 
creative thought starters, and then whether it's a chapter in his book or a paragraph or two in his book, or the cards themselves, where you kind of deal them out and just take a look at a card. It's just a way to think different and very consciously so, and it can lead you to some new insights. And so, this is kind of inspired by Roger's concept of anthropomorphizing things. So, he kind of says, Imagine if this thing were human. So, I'm gonna, well, let's do that with your, with your capital, with your money. Before I do that, I do just want to mention, let's briefly look at things as if your money is, is your child and your, your, your parent, because in many ways, you are kind of overseeing and shepherding your money. And so, you know, you're a parent, you want your child to grow, right? You want your child to do well, become self-sufficient. You want your child to do good things in this world. And, you know, near the end of your child's life, you'd probably like it to be charitable, maybe a little bit self-sacrificial. Um, so that's a way of thinking, just putting yourself in the shoes of a parent looking at your money as a child. So we're anthropomorphizing that way. But really the slightly more whimsical approach would be to imagine if your capital is human itself. Now, this might all be just because I just dropped a couple kids off at college, so I'm thinking a little bit about this at this stage of my life. But you know, if you are young and you are emerging, what do you want to do? You probably want to grow. So if your capital, imagine if you were informed that you were going to index fund university. Or just your job was to be in an index fund your whole life long. You were studying to be in an index fund. So if you're like me, anthropomorphizing this, that doesn't sound like a life that I would really be too fired up about leading. You're being told, just kind of mail it in, just do the, as I've often said, the gentleman C in school. Um, there's not a lot for you. You're you're not going to be better than average. Just being average is is good enough. It gets you ahead of a lot lots of other capital in the world. There's a funny commercial once. I can't remember which product it was or yeah, who was doing it. Maybe maybe you can tweet out and remind me of this ad, but it was basically interviewing a bunch of kids who were maybe 10 or 12 saying, "Yeah, I just want to mail it in. I just want to be a corporate wonk." I just it was the humor was that they have no ambition whatsoever. They were already already cynics at the age of 10, 11 or 12. That's kind of how your capital would be anthropomorphized if it's headed toward an index fund, but imagine if instead your capital, the capital that you are, you actually got to turn into shares of Amazon or shares of Apple. Think about how different you would think about life and what you would go on to do in life. How exciting, how amazing to think that you'd be part of something that's innovative and growing and doing really good things in the world. All right, so I hope you were willing to indulge me there with our creative whack, our approach to anthropomorphizing capital, and whether that ever does lead to it toward a new theory of capital, I cannot say. Frankly, I doubt it, but I did give it my best shot. But I hope now you can see the viewpoint I'm trying to convey, whether you're a proud parent or the child, the growing capital itself, in either case, how awesome it would be to shoot for better than average and to find something and to understand what is better than average, to start to figure out the stock market and business and understand what is more likely to do better than average, to beat the market, to do great things in this world. And that's really at the heart, again, not just of our business-focused approach here at The Motley Fool when we talk about investing, but at the heart of The Motley Fool Investment Guide as well. All right, before we proceed, support for Rule Breaker Investing comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Chances are you're confident when it comes to your work, your hobbies, and your life. 
Rocket Mortgage gives you that same level of confidence when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash fool, equal housing lender license in all 50 states, NMLS, consumeraccess.org number 3030. I probably could have led with this interesting conclusion earlier, but I've saved it till now because it's apropos, I think, to Rocket Mortgage. Rick Engdahl, my producer, and I are doing this podcast during the total solar eclipse. So that's just kind of fun on its own anyway. I hope if you were somewhere in the United States of America got a good look at it, hearing this week's podcast will bring back a few of those visuals for you, some happy recent memories. If you didn't get a chance to see the total solar eclipse because you're not in the United States of America, well, there's probably one coming in three or four years to a place near you. So um, it's a great experience. But and, and I will say that Rick and I did save the actual darkest moment for not this podcast. So what we're doing is we're we're podcasting during the oncoming totality of the solar eclipse. But so Rick, I'm pretty sure that when it gets dark or so very shortly, we might not see a rocket. We are grateful for Rocket Mortgage, but I do think of things like having seen one of these before, the stars come out during the daytime. It should be pretty awesome. I hope so. Yeah, it should be interesting. I hear the shadows are actually pretty interesting too. You get to see the crescent of the sun in the shadows under the trees. That is awesome. And I know you're taking your camera and you are somebody who takes beautiful photography and occasionally tweets it out. So, Rick, you're going for it, right? Where are you positioning yourself with your camera and how large will, will be your lens? Uh, I'm, I don't have a big lens. I'm not doing a real super close up. I think there's going to be better pictures on the internet than I'll ever capture. <laughs> and so I'm just going to take some pictures of the shadows. Awesome. Okay, next up, as I do some media interviews in the coming weeks, I can imagine another question might be something like this What's most rewarding about investing? Most rewarding about the business focused investing that we do here at The Motley Fool. And I, you know, I think the most direct answer that I can give to that question to you this week is that what is most rewarding about investing is making money. <laughs> I think that's the reason a lot of us do it. Of course, at The Motley Fool, we do it in a little bit of a different way. In this sense, we actually care about what we're investing in. I don't take much interest. I would take no pride in putting money into something as an investor that I didn't believe in, that did something that wasn't good for this world, and I somehow profited. That's something that I actively don't do. And I encourage you, I hope that's already your viewpoint as a Rule Breaker Investing Podcast listener, but I realize we all have different viewpoints. But I I think that it's worth asking, as I often have in the past in this podcast, are you making your portfolio reflect your best hopes for our future? So, we actually care about what we're investing in, which means that you want to make sure that the dollars you're investing are invested in the things that you believe are great. And if that's you, then welcome to The Motley Fool, because that's how I've always thought, and that's what our book talks about, is making sure that your money, in a lot of ways, is just a natural extension of you. The anecdote I've liked to use in the past to convey this is me going over and having a drink. It's cocktail hour, you've invited me to your apartment or your house, and I come in, and you take me to the den, and you go off to get me my Moscow Mule, and while you're doing that, mixing up ginger beer, vodka, and I 
can lime juice something like well i'm glad that you know because i don't exactly know i do know you're supposed to have a copper mug although recent studies suggest some of that copper may be coming off in our mouths and not be that healthy for us but we won't get into that right now because you're making me a Moscow Mule. And what am I doing? What I'm doing is I'm looking at your books because I'm in your den and there are your bookshelves. And our books are our friends. And so, one of the best ways we can get to know what's going on inside somebody's head beyond just, let's say, a social media stream um, is what we're reading. Our books are our friends. Who are your friends? So, I'll just be kind of casting my eyes about your den and getting to know you while waiting for my Moscow Mule. And that's a pretty great analogy for what I should be doing if I'm looking at your portfolio statement, at your brokerage statement. I feel like I should be able to look down, I don't care about the amounts, look down the names of the companies that are in your portfolio and draw some pretty darn good conclusions about you and who you are. Now, again, since I've been doing the podcast, Rick and I are now in our third year of doing this podcast. I know many of you have probably heard this before, but there are always new people coming on. So, looking at your own brokerage statement this month, you'll have to ask yourself, am I doing that? Do I have that nailed? And I'm suggesting to you, and we certainly talk about this in the Motley Fool Investment Guide, we're suggesting to you that if that's not the case, that you consider making some changes. Because not only do I think that your money should be true to who you are, but I think you're going to do a lot better as an investor. You're going to outperform the old you by truly making your portfolio reflect your best hopes for our future. Or put more simply, as I saw in our full discussion boards this week, invest in what you want to see. What do you want to see? Invest in that. So, I realize that's an almost metaphysical concept, but I'm trying to make it very practical. But it's awfully fun to be invested in companies like, let's say, Amazon.com or Netflix or Facebook, and the list goes on. Because as these companies kind of take over the world or their industries and they dominate and they really improve the world for all of us with the products and services that you and I know and love, you actually get to be a part owner of these companies as well. So when their stock goes up 50 times in value, which is what Netflix has done, actually, it's done more than that over the past 12 years, you also watch your money go up 50 or more times in value. I'm not sure I can think of something much more rewarding about investing than that. And again, if you're settling for the gentleman's C of the index fund, you will never experience that. You will never have the moon. And before I go on to my next point, I should just mention that there's a fundamentally humble stance that you and I have as investors that we always need to remind ourselves of, and that is that you can't ever have great stock picks unless you have great companies. And you're never going to have great companies unless you have great entrepreneurs and, of course, an environment that allows them to thrive. So, at the end of the process, after a company has been dreamt up, funded, deployed, produces products and services that people enjoy enough that they're willing to pay above the costs of that firm to do that, and that company eventually grows to the point that it wants to go public, and then eventually does go public, at that point, you and I could buy the stock for the first time, and then we're waiting years, in many cases, to see an eventual reward. But we're only going to have a great stock pick if we have great companies in the first place. So, anytime you want to pat yourself on the back too hard for a wonderful stock you've invested in, you should remember who actually started that company, what does that company do. And really, you and I, at the end of the day, are just kind of the ninth inning Fairweather fans who showed up a little bit late, like let's say midway through the ball game. 
but we got to start cheering on a winning team that already was leading, and we were rewarded when that team won the game as the game closed out after nine innings to stick with an often-used baseball analogy that I probably over-abuse on this podcast because I do love baseball and it is still that time of year. And on a side note, and I know there aren't many of us, but Minnesota Twins fans, it's awfully wonderful to see our team tied for the wild card at this stage of the season. It's been a few years and an unlikely outcome so far this year. Anyway, that's a side note. All of which has probably almost nothing to do with Harry's. But I want to thank Harry's for supporting our podcast. Harry's is so confident that you're going to love its blades. Harry's is giving you its trial set for free. Just cover $3 shipping. That's right. Stop messing around. Get started shaving with Harry's today by claiming your free trial offer, $13 value for free. Again, you're just covering that $3 of shipping. I have to say I'm a very happy Harry's customer myself. This free trial set includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision-engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. To get your free trial set, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, and shave gel, go to harrys.com fool right now. That's harrys.com fool. All of which brings us maybe to the final question that I want to tackle this week, and that is, what is the next generation of great investments? I can definitely imagine being asked in media interviews, this happens all the time around The Fool or our discussion boards, people kind of want to know, well, okay, I hear you on, let's say, Netflix, um, but what's the next Netflix? Where should we be positioning our dollars today? Actually, I much prefer that question, where should we be positioning our dollars today to this question, what's the next big thing? What's hot? What's going to be the thing? Um, because I never really know. I don't think anybody really knows. Otherwise, all of us already would have piled our capital in there. We're always playing probabilities. But when we think about positioning your dollars and mine, that means you're going to be kind of diversifying and having you know a bunch of good horses coming out of your stable, and you're thinking a few of these are going to win some races for me. And if that's your attitude, I think you're right. So you know, looking back, it's funny to think that. When the Motley Fool Investment Guide first came out in the summer of 1996, I mean, Amazon.com was not yet public. <laughs> and so, some of our best stock picks and winners here at the Motley Fool, companies like Netflix and like Priceline, or even more recently, companies like iRobot or NVIDIA, which has been a huge winner, is spiffy popping for Stock Advisor members a lot this year. Those companies either didn't exist or, in many cases, were not public yet when we first wrote the Motley Fool Investment Guide in 1996. So, think about that last 20 years. And that gets me excited about this book, about this edition of the book, and thinking about the next 20 years. Because while there will certainly be some big continued winners, for example, I remain invested in a lot of the companies I just mentioned. I like them going forward, just as I've loved them in the past. There are going to be companies that you and I haven't heard of that come public a year from now, that over the succeeding 10 to 20 years are going to go up 50 to 100 times in value themselves. And so, trying to figure that out ahead of time is a lot of what my work's about. If you're a regular Rule Breaker Investing podcast listener, you know that we're focused on that through the weeks and months and years. And certainly, the Motley Fool Investment Guide has a focus on helping you think through that. It's going to help you see with better lenses what kinds of companies you might want to be putting some of your money in. And on a concluding note, I think the thing that I'm proudest about this book and happiest for people who will read it is that 
there is still one great thing about books. Actually, there are many, but I'm going to double underline this aspect. That is, they kind of go from A to Z. They go from page one to page 250, and it's ordered and rational. I have always a little bit of a worry or concern that I'm never sure who's coming to fool.com, what they're clicking first, second, third, or fourth. If they buy a stock, they've just started one of our services. You know, was it a good opening starter stock? We try to put forward in Motley Fool Stock Advisor and Rule Breakers and the rest, we try to put forward starter stocks that are kind of bigger and safer so that we can say to new members, hey, come on in. The water's fine. Dip your toe in. You don't have to go all in. So I'm I'm never quite sure who's gonna read what in what order and what they're gonna click as they go through not just our site, but any site, the internet at large. There are a lot of bad ways to invest that you can find sites for on the internet. You can find things like technical analysis, which is of very little interest to me. You might end up being a day trader. A lot of people come to The Motley Fool after they've kind of failed out of day trading. Uh, some people talk humorously, I think, mostly about the Super Bowl effect. It matters which team's going to win the Super Bowl each year for the markets. These kinds. Of, there's a lot of crazy ways of thinking about investing out there. So, how you click through our site, how you click through the internet, is really, in a lot of ways, going to determine, if you're just using that medium, how you end up investing. As an optimist, I'm happy to say, I think it's going to work for you, and more often than not, it's going to work out if you just stay persistent, even if you and I have some bad investments at the start. But the beauty of The Motley Fool Investment Guide is that we start on page one right there with you, and we take you logically through a progression. We even included some new chapters this time, one about options, which wasn't present in the Motley Fool Investment Guide in 1996, and some other new features, but it's rational and it's laid out in a way that you, maybe you already know this, or a friend, a family member, can now sit down, I hope be humored, because this is, after all, a Motley Fool book. You should be enjoying the process, I hope, of reading and learning, but in an orderly way, so that you get from the start to the finish. And at that point, I think, you're ready to really start investing right along with your fellow fools. So, so that's probably where our book is one of the best weapons that we have here at the Motley Fool Weapons Against Financial Illiteracy. So again, I hope after you've enjoyed this week's podcast, you'll go to book.fool.com, order at least five copies. Again, one for you, because darn it, you should have one, but then four for family members and friends. We're trying to spread financial literacy more awareness of how to be average and how to be better than average, and trying to reach as many people worldwide as we can. So, yes, my brother Tom Gardner and I are very excited about this new edition of the Motley Fool Investment Guide, and that's why I wanted to dedicate this summer podcast to that book, which comes out in just a few weeks, so it's a special moment for it and for us. Thanks a lot for listening. Next week, it's mailbag. So, whatever you have on your mind, it might be a question about our new book, might be a reflection on a great quote that I shared with you last week, or played the market cap game show. Did you beat Matt? Did you lose to Matt? What'd you learn and why? I look forward to all of your questions. Again, you can email us rbi at fool.com or just tweet it out at RBI Podcast. In the meantime, thanks for listening and fool on. As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Learn more about Rule Breaker Investing at rbi.fool.com.